breaking news. There's been a shooting incident in North Queensland. We're hearing that multiple people have been shot at an isolated property near Bogey between Townsville and Mackay. We'll bring you more details as they come to hand. Now to the Com Games, and our swimmers have wrapped up a golden campaign. Australia won 65 medals, including 25 gold. Ariane Titmus claiming victory in the 400 metres freestyle before our golden girls triumphed in the mixed relay. Miley Hogan has more. It was a fairy tale ending to an impressive campaign. Australia capping off the night with a gold. The women winning the 4x100 medley relay. It was a star-studded lineup. Kaylee McEwen, Chelsea Hodges, Emma McKeon, and Molly O'Callaghan. The Golden Girls leading the pack the entire way. Six gold medals for Emma McKeon, five for Molly, one for Hodges, three for McEwen. The Australians win the last race. It was the men who gave them a warm-up. Bradley Woodward, Zach Stubblety-Cook, Matthew Temple, and the anchor Kyle Chalmers. It was a race with the home country all the way to the end, with Australia missing out on the gold by the smallest of margins. It's tight, England win at home. But there was more gold for Australia. Earlier, Ariane Titmus defended her 400-metre title, ending her Commonwealth Games campaign with four gold medals. The 400 is my baby, and um, I have fond memories of the 400 on the Gold Coast, and to come out here and back it up and win again, I'm really happy. Sam Short etched his name into the history books, wiping 10 seconds off his personal best to win the 1500 metre freestyle. In his post-swim interview, the 18-year-old revealed he almost threw up during the swim. My arms and legs actually felt right. I was just the vomit feeling. It was just going through the roof. Well, the Australians are heading home with 65 medals. 25 of those are gold. It's time for our swimming champions to go and celebrate together as a team and enjoy their success. Thanks, Miley. On the track, Australian Rowan Browning mixed it with the best in the final of the 100 metres, but fell agonisingly short of a medal. Hugh Whitfeld has the latest. It's the race the nation woke up for and Rowan Browning delivered in the Blue Ribbon event here in Birmingham. The first Australian to qualify for the men's 100 metre final at the Commonwealth Games in 12 years. Got out pretty well, Browning. Timbini have been slow, Oman Yali. Browning's right up there at halfway. Oman Yali in front. Rowan can get a medal. Oman Yali wins it. Rowan's... Former Kenyan rugby player Ferdinand Omanyala taking gold. Rowan Browning a chance at a medal right up to the 70 metre mark, finishing sixth. Not the result he wanted, but still a world-class performance. Just not satisfied by any means, but also not too beat up. It's a first for my career, so it's a step in the right direction. I would have loved to have been on the podium, but um, it's a tough event. Seven's Bruce McAvaney impressed with Browning's run. He's got so much in front of him. He's still lightly raced, so to speak, so he's learning all the time. He learnt from Tokyo, where he became so well known, and he's going to learn so much here from Birmingham as well. There were medals for other Aussies. Brandon Stark finishing with a silver in the high jump after a difficult build-up to the Games. I was very painful out there, and I just had to kind of grit my teeth and... You just kind of battle it out. It was Aussie gold in the Para 100 final. And this is Australia's 200th gold medal in athletics at the Commonwealth Games. And who better to do it than the defending champion? And there's more medal chances to come. WA's Peter Boll winning his heat in the 800 metres. He's the favourite for gold. In Birmingham, Hugh Whitfeld, 7 News.
And after day six, Australia sits on top of the medal tally with 46 gold, 38 silver and 39 bronze ahead of England, Canada and New Zealand. Australia may be over the worst of the winter Omicron wave, with hospital admissions beginning to fall. Live to political reporter Rob Scott in Canberra. Rob, good morning. The Federal Health Minister says it appears we've peaked earlier than expected. Yeah, that's right, Anne. Uh, Mark Butler says while there are still 5,000 people in hospital, thankfully over the past couple of weeks, those numbers have started to come down. Great news to kick off this morning's National Cabinet meeting with state premiers and the Prime Minister also updated on moves to protect very young children from COVID, with Australia becoming one of the first countries in the world to approve the Moderna vaccine for kids as young as six months. But at this stage, it will only be for the immunocompromised. Also on the agenda today, an update on foot and mouth disease and the measures to keep it out of the country and also the monkeypox situation. There are more than 25,000 cases worldwide but only about 55 in Australia. The government working on a plan to keep those numbers low. We're certainly running well behind the uh, level of case reporting you see in the US, Canada and Europe and the UK but uh, we've been working very hard on this response for the last several weeks and I'll have an announcement later today about monkeypox uh, vaccines as well as our broader monkeypox response. And the big news from Parliament House this morning, the government's climate change bill is soon expected to pass the lower house where debate is ongoing as we speak. The Teal independents claiming a major win, securing several amendments, including clarifying the 43% emissions reduction target is a floor and not a ceiling. To those members of my community who wanted a more ambitious target, I say this. This bill provides a means for that ambition. Without a guiding principle, it is difficult to progress. So in my mind, this is very much a start, not a finish. The bill will go to the Senate next month, where it is likely to pass after the Greens agreed to back it. And Rob Scott in Canberra. Thanks a lot, Rob. The fallout from the John Barillaro job scandal continues to bedevil the New South Wales government today. Although Stuart Ayres has resigned as Trade Minister and Deputy Liberal Leader, there are now questions over the state's newly revived Agent General role in London. Amelia Brace reports. Well, the jostling for position has begun with Liberal ministers sounding out the party room to see if they have the numbers to replace Stuart Ayres as Deputy Leader. Treasurer Matt Keane is considered the favourite. He was Deputy Leader under Gladys Berejiklian and is the leader of the moderate faction, so would be seen as a natural replacement for Ayres. He's not uncontested, though. Fellow moderate Natalie Ward is weighing up a run, as is Alistair Henskins. Perhaps the Treasurer's biggest threat, though, is David Elliott. The outspoken member of the right says he wants to throw his hat in the ring to give his colleagues an alternative to Matt Keane when they vote in the party room on Tuesday. Meanwhile, Stuart Ayres' many portfolios have been quickly redistributed and absorbed by existing ministers, as of those of Eleni Patinos, who was also sacked earlier this week. And that is considered a short-term solution to get through Parliament next week before a wider Cabinet reshuffle. And the New South Wales Premier has another fight on his hands with the head of the NRL now considering moving the grand final to Queensland. Rugby League chairman Peter Vlandes accuses Dominic Perrottet of reneging on a handshake agreement to upgrade suburban stadiums used by NRL. We're going to look at all options and, and one of the options is that we stay in Sydney for us to honour our agreement and then we expect them to honour theirs. So, 
look, that decision will be made in the next two, three days. The Premier says the bill from devastating flooding, leaving a thousand homeless, is now the budget priority. Security concerns are likely to delay the extradition of one of Australia's most wanted men to Melbourne. Comanchero's boss, Mark Buttle, was deported from Turkey and arrested upon arrival at Darwin Airport. He's accused of importing $40 million worth of cocaine into the country and had been hiding out in the Middle East for six years. He's likely to remain in Darwin for several days as arrangements are made for his transfer to Melbourne. A new report is raising hopes for the future of the Great Barrier Reef. Coral appears to be growing at a rapid rate after years of bleaching events. Georgia Costi has more. Record coral cover is being seen across the Great Barrier Reef as it starts to recover from mass bleaching events. Over the last seven years, there have been four coral bleaching events that happened at an unprecedented frequency. But new research by the Australian Institute of Marine Science has found that some areas of the Great Barrier Reef now have a record number of coral. Scientists say it's because of a resilient coral species that's able to grow quickly even after extreme weather events. And while this is promising, researchers say it also demonstrates how the reef remains vulnerable and that we need to keep a wide array of species to keep it thriving. The reef is certainly one of the country's best assets. Every year, up to two million people travel to visit it. That's why scientists say it is so important we continue to protect and research this natural asset.